Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Map Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to CEOs and entrepreneurs all about their epic business blunders, you know, the stuff they don't want to put on their LinkedIn timeline. And with us uh, on the line is the founder and CEO of a great company called Upfire, Todd Schwartz. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, the privilege is all mine, buddy. So why don't you kick us off with uh, the elevator pitch? Uh, Todd, what are you guys up to there at Opfi? Yeah, so Opfi is a, is a mission-driven fintech platform that helps the everyday Americans gain access to credit and rebuild their financial health. Um, when I was kind of when I founded the business, one thing that I had uncovered is about 15 to 18 percent, about 60 million people. Uh, in the United States, lack traditional credit access or unable to get traditional credit access like credit cards, uh, installment loans, things like that. And so, you know, we solved to fix that problem. That's why we set out to build up by to provide uh, transparent products, products that were favorable for consumers, helping them rebuild their financial health and, and giving them the access they need to live their everyday lives. Mm. It's um it's such a huge problem. I mean, I, I moved to the States like 10 months ago and like didn't realize how much this whole idea of credit is like the credit rating system, how acutely important it is to get access to credit because everything runs off that, everything. It's it's really incredible. Your social security number ties to your FICO score. And then and then really, I mean, the, your outcomes, how you live your life and your outcomes are dependent upon upon that score. And so unfortunately, some people, you know, one of the things that I'm a big advocate for is credit education in schools, right? And mm -hmm. personal finance courses. And you're starting to see some states pass mandatory requirements for high school students more about personal finance, budgeting, responsible use of credit. And it's not really taught in the schools. It's, it has to come from the parents. And so a lot of kids in their early ages have some hiccups or mistakes when it comes to using credit cards and financial products that causes their credit score to, to get impacted. And then they're, they're having to rebuild it. And it's really hard to rebuild because not a lot of people will give you a chance or give you that credit access you need when you need it. And mm. so that's really, um, you know, Opfi's mission and what we've, problem that we're looking to solve awesome stuff cool so let's get on to the meat and the potatoes of this uh, particular episode uh, todd what is your story of fail for our audience around the world today yeah so i, I th what i would say is listen i i started this all with an idea of how i can make things better and how i can improve people's financial lives i think the the the, the story that i would point out as um a setback or a failure is I, I did everything needed to open the doors of Opfi back in 2012. I got the licensing. I spent the money to build an office, a very small office, <laughs> a very cost-effective office. I took, you know, fifty thousand dollars of my own money, and I opened the doors and I made about two to three loans to, to people, you know, and I met them. I learned their story. I learned why they needed the, the capital, and um, I was all excited. And I thought I had a gold. Not like, oh my gosh, four people first day, this is going to be a huge success. We're going to roll. I'm going to build this thing and it's going to, it's going to go great. To, to my amazement, there was 20 days that went by in the first month where the phones didn't ring. No one was calling. There was no one that needed. And, and I was 20 days, 20, I guess I was 21 days into the business. I was about to fold up shop. And I was about to give up. And I thought that like, oh, maybe there's a reason that no one thought of this idea or started this business. But, you know, there was something inside of me. There was something that like I really felt like we were onto something, even though I had no proof. 
I had absolutely no evidence to show otherwise. I really felt like, hey, at least I'm helping people. So it, at at the at the worst, I'll, I'll make a couple loans, you know, to people. I'll help them get their financial footing. I'll help them rebuild their financial health a little bit, and it'll, it'll be like a, a you know a, a thing that I can feel good about, and I can tell stories about to my kids and to my friends, even though it didn't work out. At least I tried something, right? And I put myself out there. Well. 21 days, the phone finally rang. I got, I got maybe one, one or two other calls and then it went silent again. So I think the first, the first month in business, I did eight loans and you can imagine sitting there for eight straight hours a day and only, you know, doing eight of these and, and building all this ahead of time to get to the point where you could do it. And I was just, I was, I was pretty defeated and deflated. I really was. And I thought, Hey, you know, you know, what should I do? And I called my, my, my dad or my mom, as, I, as, you, as some, some people do to get advice. And my parents, you know, wholeheartedly believed in what I was doing. They said, keep, keep going, keep, keep striving, keep fighting. You're doing something good here. And I, they said, how are they? How are the eight people that actually interacted with? How were they? Were they pleased? Were they delighted? I said, they were absolutely thrilled. They said, this is the best financial product they've ever had access to. They said, it's going to help their lives tremendously. And they go, go off of that. And, and, and really build build around that and, and keep keep figuring out ways to try to tell people and get referrals and and uh, that was that was the moment for sure that I felt the biggest setback or if you will failure before um, you know the next couple of months started to build every month it just progressively built up until you know the business I knew there was after about six months I knew this was a, a real business and I knew we were really helping people. Yeah. Amazing, man. So what did that experience teach you? Like when the phones go quiet and you're not meeting your own expectations of yourself, what did that, uh, that those early formative, you know, experiences for UpFi teach you? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think doubt everyone, never doubt yourself, right? Like doubt everything, ask questions, be skeptical, but don't doubt yourself. And if you have a belief in something, like you, when you start a company, you truly have to fundamentally believe in it. And truly have a mission behind it because if you don't, you'll just you're just probably going to give up, right? You're just going to say, well, you know what? It really wasn't that meaningful to me. I really didn't really didn't feel like that. My heart wasn't in it per se, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's not the case. I really felt like this was a new thing that was going to help people and it was going to change the way unsecured, you know, capital was was, was uh, delivered and, and accessed by by customers. And so having that that drive and that mission is really what centers you and grounds you and it's your north star in, in the low times because you know when you're starting a business it, it's not a matter of if it's when it's murphy's law you're going you're going to encounter issues and there's going to be several of them i uh you know it's it, when you when you start a business just be prepared there's going to be things that happen that you can't foresee and it's really your drive and your grit and your and your determination that get you through it that's really it there's really nothing else um and and you can't foresee a lot of this stuff in the early days Mm-hmm. Todd, how do you figure out what your mission is? So if, if there's a founder listening to us or a CEO listening to us, and he's like, I mean, literally, it's funny. I consult to CEOs uh, around influence. And one of the guys I was chatting to this morning, he was he said to me, dude, like, I just, I get no fulfillment out of this business anymore. And I said to him, well, you know, it's not the end. You may you might be on the ropes, but it's only the end when you decide to quit, right? So that, that you were mentioned there earlier. Um, and so, and I said to him, well, what if you could change the business or something or pivot it to where you could wake up every morning going, hey, this is a mission that I actually, you know, like I care about. I care about this thing, kind of similar to what you've done. What, um, what's your advice there in terms of like figuring that out? 
Yeah, so I, I think when you're when you're looking um, just at, in general at the economy at society, you know, I look I look I like looking for large scale problems that I can you know solve or at least make a dent in, right? Make the world a better place. And I I believe in you know I believe that private business can solve a lot of problems for profit businesses if done correctly with with transparency integrity um, and and you know you're you you really help people in a way that. Um, is, is everyday transactional in life, whether it's, you know, in financial services, whether it's in healthcare, um, you know, whether you're, you're looking to, you know, improve people's joy with content, content business. I mean, there's so many businesses out there. You really have to decide, okay, like here, here's the issue. Here's what I see. There's a gap in the marketplace. You identify that. And then what can I do to fix the problem and, and really rally behind that and really feel like you're, you're solving a problem for people's everyday lives? Um, mm. I think. Um, the, 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 you do have to put a, your investment hat on a little. There does have to be some type of pre-established market. Like, for example, when I started this business, I saw a large problem. So I knew that demand, if I if I did it right, would be there. It was about it was about me providing in the highest quality, like I said, most transparent, compliant way with making sure people felt like the product had real value and drove real value to the so, Todd, if you could get into the Map Round Show time machine and, uh, you know, go back in time and do things differently, what would you do differently and why? Yeah, I mean, you know, I it, it's really it's really hard to, to, to pick out one thing necessarily. I, th- I think, you know, what's important is you trust the process and let go of the outcome. If you show up every single day and just keep doing a series uh, and be disciplined and keep doing a series of good things and you're a good person and you mm-hmm. and you take your values based approach and how you operate the business and how you treat your people, I think you know you're going to have success. I mean, there's different levels of success and success is defined broadly, but um, I, I mean, I think I think you know I was very slow to scale up by like it took ten. We went public in 2021. So nine years, so some companies like to go a lot faster. I just, I kind of went at the speed that I felt comfortable, right? And I didn't want to go raise a bunch of equity and be forced to grow so fast. I didn't think that was appropriate for our business. I mean, some some could say that I could have gotten to market a little faster and could have done things a little faster. And maybe I could have, right? Um, and, and things would have you know, accelerated a little bit. I probably would have, uh, I wouldn't have as many drink errors <laughs> and, I, and I would, I would have saved myself some stress, but I, you know, I, I actually embraced it and I embraced the process. So I don't think there's, there's necessarily one thing I would do differently because I think I've, I've, I've put my best foot forward and I really tried my best here to, to, to mm. deliver the best results for our customers and for the people that work for out by. So Todd, um, what's your advice to CEOs, entrepreneurs out there in terms of like, you know, the importance of failing or failure in business success? I mean, I mean, listen, it's everything, right? Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, after he lost the Super Bowl to Kansas City this year, said one of the most profound quotes. I thought he it was original from Jalen Hurts. So I was like, wow, this guy's like unbelievable. He's a great quarterback and he's and he's drops knowledge on you. He he said you either um, you either win or you fail. I'm oh, sorry. You 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 either fail or you no. You win or you learn. Sorry, that's yeah. the point. You win or you learn, and that's a Nelson Mandela point. I think that is so profound. You win or you learn, and, and uh, that that is that is really true, right? So you're going to have wins. You're going to you learn from your you learn you learn from it, and instead of calling it failure, 
you should call it a learning experience, an experience where you can gain more knowledge and you don't make the same mistake twice. So that's mm. what I would always say is like, I was very careful that I always kind of felt like when we did something wrong or something got exposed as we were, we were not, you know, we were not doing something the right way or that to the standards that I, um, you know, wanted the company to be at. I, I, I always learned from that and I always made sure that we made it better. It's continuous improvement mindset. You don't have to build Rome in a day. You can just strive to get 1% better every week. Right. Just just have that mindset of let's just continuously show up every day and question, question what we're doing, question how we operate and see if there's incremental improvements. Now, if you keep your head down and you do that week over week over week, you're going to look up and you're going to have this tremendous, you know, progress that you make. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like in, in these lakes. There's no silver bullet. It doesn't happen overnight. It really is just a series of small wins and small learnings that that build up to, to something great. Yeah. Just to add to that, love what you're saying, uh, Todd. Like for me, um, it's kind of like, are you a better business today than you were yesterday? You know what 100%. I mean? Like that's the litmus test because then failure in context makes sense, doesn't it? It's like all these little things that's the marginal gains, isn't it? It sucks right now, but if you just wait it out and you focus on your inputs, don't worry about the outcomes. Um, then, and to your point, like over time, if you just keep doing that every day and sucking it up, especially in the beginning, I mean, even when you're at scale, I mean, you guys are at a ridiculously level, you know, level of scale, like the, the problems, are, they never really change. You know what I'm saying? You just have to keep as a team, yes. keep focusing on this mission. Um, and then over time you get there. Absolutely. No, and our mission hasn't changed, right? We're, we're uh, you know, 12, 11 years into this and, and our mission has not changed. It's the exact same as it was when we started. So yeah, the problems might be bigger, the things, but they're all the same, same flavor, same thing, but you got to embrace the grind, right? Yeah, embrace yeah. it and, and, and don't be afraid of confronting things and, and embrace that. And, mm-hmm. and I think you'll, you'll do well. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Tell me, um, are there books, tools, or resources that you recommend other uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs use on their journey? You know, I, I think, um, you know, there, there's not necessarily uh, one. I, I did. There was one Harvard business study I read right early on that um, was pretty influential. And um, there is also Delivering Happiness, the book Delivering Happiness by Tony. Uh, Tony, I always say his name wrong. Um, he was this founder of Zappos. Uh, um, and 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 he, he unfortunately he passed away but uh you know it was an unbelievable book about service delivery and customers and and really what i gained from those you know it is it, it helped me think out of the box a little about our service delivery something that's so important to opfi is our customer service our customer rankings how our customers perceive the value they get from our product you know, we've, we've maintained an 80 plus NPS since, since inception. And that really shows me a lot of our way to customers to explain our products, to help them. We can't always say yes, but we can always treat people with dignity and respect. And we can always not, and not waste their time. So one of the things I say is like, if we're not able to arrange credit for somebody, let's let them know quickly. Okay. Let's not drag them through the mud and then tell them, Oh, sorry, can't, can't help you today. I go, let's let them know quickly and give them a reason why. Right. Hey, right now you have too many other products. Uh, right now your bank account needs to get in better health before we can service you. You know, it's not ethical for us to do that. So I think like, you know, that th- those are the two things like the Harvard Business Study by 
people were willing to pay more for products and services for fast, efficient service. That was the big like takeaway from that. And then delivering happiness was like a customer obsession, you know, like really focused on customer, how we can deliver the best results for customers. So I think those were the two kind of influential things early on. And also my father, you know, it was a great businessman, great value-based businessman, old school, you know, operator, a lot of values in this as well. So. Todd, you're a cool cat, brother, doing a lot of things right. Love the fact that you're on a mission. That definitely resonates with me. But that does conclude your time in the hot seat, brother. Um, thank you for lending your perspective and, you know, obviously being vulnerable. It's not easy to talk about our failures, like, <laughs> yeah. especially on this show. Um, so thank you for that. Appreciate you. Um, and yeah, man, wishing you guys and the rest of the team, you know, all the best of success, man, on your mission. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. I enjoyed it. Anytime. Thanks, everyone. See you again soon.